everybody. Welcome to the Wisdom for Wealth podcast with your host, Lila Mashatile. I hope you guys are doing great and that your week is coming along fabulously. If you're joining me for the first time today, I want to give you a warm and special shout out because I know that you won't regret joining this tribe. One thing I can tell you is you always need to have a notepad around here. Because no matter which episode you listen to, gems are dropped on this podcast. Secondly, I would like to give a huge thank you to the weekly listeners. You guys absolutely rock. We're about on episode five now of this new season, the first season, of course, of this podcast. And your feedback to me on Instagram, on Facebook, on WhatsApp has been overwhelming. Guys, I can't thank you enough for listening each week, for giving me feedback, for just always playing it back to me. I am so glad when I hear people say that what they're hearing is making a difference. You know, speaking of feedback, I received feedback from a listener last week. Her name is Faith. And she sent me a message saying that she walked into a grocery store and immediately in her mind, it triggered that I am not here for stuff I don't need. So she had the discipline of just going in to get exactly what she needed. And then she walked straight out. And so that just makes me so proud to know that people are experiencing mindset shifts. And even if it's the small stuff, you know, because like I said in the previous week's podcast with Sinigiwe, Benjamin Franklin says, small leaks can sink a great ship. And so when I hear feedback like that, I am elated. Second to that, I received a request from Tembi in South Africa regarding book recommendations. And I had a similar request as well from Olivia in Ghana, who was very curious after the first episode how I actually went about educating myself about finances. And so I thought those two requests were very similar. So then I decided that I was going to answer those questions on this very podcast. And so book number one that I recommend, Tembi, Olivia, and any other listener that would like to get reading, I recommend Atomic Habits by James Clear. It is a phenomenal book. It is not about finances, but believe me, you you can take what he speaks about and you can apply it to your financial lives and it will definitely work. I definitely, definitely love that book. A second favorite of mine, it's a recent favorite. I mean, I've, I, like, I literally gobbled up this book in like a day and a half. And this book is called From the Trash Man to the Cash Man by Dr. Myron Golden. It's not available on print, but you can get it on Kindle. And it was just an amazing book. And I won't, uh, yeah, I won't go into the details exactly what he speaks about, but I would encourage you to read that book. It was informative. It was just such a strong book. Another book that I personally enjoyed that also isn't necessarily about finances, but I learned some stuff in the book that for me gave me financial epiphanies. And the book is called Effortless by Greg McKeon. Um, and I thought it was a phenomenal book. I absolutely loved that book. We read it in a book club this year. Another book that I've started reading, but I really haven't finished is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. 
I think just having read the first part of the book, I think the book has got great stuff to say about mindset and how that impacts the way that we, we are able to grow our wealth. But that said, I haven't finished the book, but I know that it's a great book so far. And it's also not an easy read. So, you know, you can pick if you want to read that one. Another book that I have as well and that I've read is You're Not Broke, You're Pre-Rich by Mapalo Maku. And this is sort of like a handbook. For me, it feels like a textbook to me. It's a kind of book that you keep and, you know, every time you need to remember a financial concept and you need to rehash your memory, it's a great book because the stuff is easily explained and very easy to understand. And so I thought that was a great book, especially for someone that wants to get their financial education growing. Another book I recently read as well is called Poverty Proof by Douglas Kruger. And this is a very practical book. You know, initially I struggled a bit re reading it in the beginning. Um, I think maybe for just, some, for just some personal reasons about the book, but in the end, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, he gives 50 ideas to train your brain for wealth. And so there's a host of different ideas that he explores in the book. And I just think that those six books that I've recommended would be a great start. That said, I mean, I'm an avid reader. So as I go along and I read and I learn more stuff, I will from time to time share whatever books I have read. And last but not least, I have an announcement to make, guys. I am hosting a free live webinar on the 23rd of November called Leveling Up Your Finances 2023. You know, so here's something that you need to know about me is that I haven't always gotten finances right. If, if, if you want to know my story, you can head up to, to episode one on the courage to reset. But 12 months ago, I made a decision that I was going to pursue a journey of financial transformation. And maybe, maybe I didn't pursue this 12 months ago, but 12 months ago, I came across a different goal setting technique that for me has revolutionized how my finances look currently. So just over the past 12 months, my savings goals, I have crushed them. And I just, I <laughs> thank God for that. And I just felt like I wanted to come on on a live webinar and be able to share what's on my heart about the art of goal setting when it comes to financial goals. I think that often, you know, when the new year begins, people are very excited and, you know, they're bold and they're making declarations like this year is my year and this is the year I'm going to shift things. And this year I'm believing for great things. And there's just so much enthusiasm and positivity. But, you know, if we're all honest, sometimes what we say at the beginning of the year and what we say at the end of the year don't line up. And I think surely life does happen. And, and I understand that. But sometimes if we're really honest, life didn't happen. We happened. And so I've got a message on my heart about goal setting as it pertains to finances and in approach. And I have an approach that has worked for me personally. I've seen results and I just really wanted to impart what I know and what I've learned and what I've seen work for me. And I just want to invite you guys to sign up. You know, I'm going to put the link to register for the webinar on the show notes I am going to post it all over my social media channels. So 
I just ask you to, to share it, you know, share it with as many people as possible that, you know, are going to need this because I think it's so important that we don't just waltz through to 2023 without thinking carefully about what we want to achieve financially. I need you to remember that vision alone is not enough to succeed. You need strategy. And so join me on the 23rd of November. So mark your calendars. All the details will be on the link that I share. Just do me a favor. Do yourself a favor and go and sign up for that webinar. Your future self will thank you. Now, for today's episode, you guys are in for a real, real treat. I have a special guest, someone I admire and I learn from greatly. I call her The Plug. Her life's purpose is to build an empire through community. She was born in Zambia, educated on three different continents, and she is fluent in diversity, equity, and inclusion. She is a boundless creator, a producer, and a commander of words. She is the CEO of Africana Woman, a luxury wellness brand, and the host of an award-winning podcast, the Africana Woman Podcast with Chulu. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome to the podcast, Chulu Chansa. Welcome, Chilu. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. And how are you? I, girl, you know, I can't wait for this conversation. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. How's, how's everything going in Zambia? It's good. Um, right now, we're kind of just waiting for the rains. Uh, it's hot. So there's some places where it started raining, but most of the country it hasn't. So I'm in the part which hasn't, and we're still like, you know, struggling with this heat. And I'm looking at other countries like, just share some. Share, please, I beg. So, yeah. But anyway, other than that, it's okay. <laughs> I'm laughing because I think that's how I was a few weeks ago where I was like, when is it raining? Like, it's October already, and we haven't had some spring rain. Right. So I really understand that. But you know what, Chilu, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being willing to come onto this podcast and have this conversation with me. I think you and I have many conversations offline that can be so beneficial for so many different people. So I think we should just get straight into it. My first question to you would be, how, how's your relationship with money? Oh, it's getting better. <laughs> That's what I would say. It's getting better. You know what? I I think I came to a point where I was that person that just runs away from money. You know, like you don't want to, to look at your bank account. You don't want to look at all sorts of things. And I'm just, I just wasn't that person who was on top of it. But I think I've been working on my relationship with money. So it's a work in progress. That's what I'll say. But it's so much better. And I'm so grateful. You know what? That's loaded already. I'm like, okay, let's let's take it a step back. <laughs> I think um, so. Where does the entire 
behavior come from? The whole behavior of running away from our bank account. Like, because I think it's a common thing. It happens to so many people. People just don't want to check, you know, or like they, they, they sort of just avoid talking about money or even just looking at their own finances. Why? Why was it the case with you? Um, I think it's a combination of shame and fear, mostly because, you know, you're a smart person. You know you're a smart person, but why is it that you're living hand to mouth? Like, it doesn't make sense. And even when people are looking at you and, you know, relatives or whoever, like, they're, they're expecting things from you. You know, they're always asking, oh, can we have this? And, you know, you're literally sitting there going, I don't have anything. <laughs> so, you know, I think, it's really just been this journey of really trying to understand why is it that here I am with a good job, but I'm living hand to mouth and just feeling shame, but also fearful of the unknown, you know, fearful of how bad the situation can be. Right. So for example, um, you know, I had, different types of debt. And most of the time what happens is that you get debt over here, you get debt over there, but you don't actually know how much the entirety is, right? But to actually look at it and then say, okay, all right, let me start handling this. That is scary because then it almost feels overwhelming. And then you're like, can I really do it? If I haven't been doing it all this time, can I really do it? So, you know, it's, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of fear. It's a lot of shame that just kept me away. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, look, you're loaded, hey? Like you came ready. <laughs> ready you came so ready. <laughs> <laughs> you came ready for this podcast, hey? Like I'm like, okay. Wow. You know, even as you were talking, before you said the word overwhelm, mm-hmm. that's what came to me is that finances, looking at your finances is a lot like looking at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. It's, it's really facing yourself because it's the one thing you can't, as much as you can blame somebody else, it's like you have to look at yourself and say, I created this mess if it's a mess. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like looking at yourself in the mirror and being like, Ooh, I don't like this. Ooh, I like that. But how did you, cause you know, you started off by saying that it's getting better. You know, you used to be the person that runs away from money. How did you move from being the person who runs to being the person who says, look, my relationship is getting better. Mm-hmm. And now I'm willing to face the fire. Like what, 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 what happened? How did you get to that place where you were willing to look? I've been on this journey of embracing my story. And the thing about embracing your story, it's like, peeling back different layers of yourself, right? So you peel back and you're like, okay, I've dealt with this. Now you peel back another layer and it's like, okay, now I'm, I have to start dealing with this. So I probably started this journey in 2019 where I was, I was depressed. I had anxiety attacks. I was a hot mess little. And And I know a big part of that was also the finances, 
right? The finance piece of my life where I had a great job. I had the car, the apartments, I had two cars even, <laughs> cars, apartments. And, you know, on the outside, everybody's like, oh my gosh, she's living that good life. But then I'm just like stressed out all the time. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm, it just wasn't working. And I'm burning two, um, what do they say? Two ends of a candle. Because then I had a side business where um, it was a baking business. And girl, we had load shedding like 2019. And, you know, you'd have a cake in there. And the power goes. It was, listen, I was stressed, depressed, stressed having anxiety attacks and it was just, I needed to find a change, right? So I remember one weekend, I, it was a long weekend and I stayed in bed for three to four days straight, crying, not eating, not bathing, not doing anything. And I got to the end of the three days and I literally said to myself, do you know what? Something has to change. Something has to change here because if I don't change something now, I don't know where I'm going to be, say, in the next three months, six months. Like, I could be six feet under because I this is getting out of control, you know? So as it happens, I stumbled upon a podcast, which is Redefining Wealth by Patrice Washington. And that, for me, really just turned things around, where she's a, a finance coach, but she doesn't actually talk about money. <laughs> and she was talking about, you know, some pillars that she stands on. And one of the pillars that she talked about is your your space pillar and how your space is a, a literally a manifestation, a physical manifestation of what's going on in your mind. So if your house is like cluttered, trust me, even your mind is pretty much cluttered and you're like, you can't, it's like you can't get things organized. It causes a block in your life. So when I heard that, I was just like, okay, I got up out of that bed. I had been lying in there for three days straight. I got up out of that bed and I started making my bed and I started listening to that podcast. And I think through that, I learned how there's so many things in our lives that actually influence our money story. Before we even begin to start talking about money, there's so many things that we have to deal with that affect what happens with our money, you know? So be it your fitness, your mental health, you know, if that's not okay, how do you deal with your money? How do you have that strong mindset that is able to, is able to face whatever your money situation is, you know? Are you able to have good relationships with people? So as you know, whether you need to pick up the phone and start negotiating your, um, your debts and things like that and, and not run away from such situations, have you dealt with that? You know, so there's so many things that come before, you know, actually thinking about our money. And that's something that I, I learned from that particular podcast. I did go on to do a mastermind with um, Patrice. And in that mastermind, what happened was I had to come face to face with my story, as I mentioned before. And luckily enough, I, I had started writing a blog, which is um, called Africana Woman. And I was having a conversation with a friend. He commented, he's like, I feel like you're not giving everything. 
And I'm sitting like, yeah, right. Because I don't think people are ready for everything I have to say. Like, you have to give people in small doses. And he's like, no, 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 no. You have to give it your all every single time, 100%. I, I thought about it and I, I, it was running in my mind for quite some time. And I decided, okay, fine. And at that time, I had also gone um, back to therapy, um, in and out. I, I really recommend therapy for people who have not tried it. It's not a white people thing. So, yeah. So then I decided to write a piece which is called Into Me See. And it's a play on words about intimacy. And it was really just about writing what had happened in my life thus far. I'm 38 years old right now. And I think at the time that I was writing it, I was probably about 36 or so. And I just really wanted to let it out and just write, this is what happened. Now, the thing is, the things that happen, that happen in our lives that we want to always be compartmentalizing. So we want to accept the good things, but we try to ignore the bad things, right? The things, I'm, I'm saying bad things, which are like, like in inverted commas, but what we don't realize is that all of the things that happen to us happen for us, right? They happen for a reason. They teach us certain things. And now that you know better, you do better, right? And I mean, when yes. you go and read that um, particular post, it, like my life is this whole soap opera, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just warning you, so be seated if you're going to read it. And I really just poured out everything, well, what I thought was everything at that time anyway. And I poured out and I said, you know, this happened, this happened. You know, for example, my father, he did not look after me. He, uh, in inverted commas, they say abandoned. Um, but I grew up with my mom. And, you know, so you have those daddy issues. And then you're growing up with a single mother who is, you know, she's doing the best that she can. She may not always be able to provide, but she's doing the best that she can, right? And then I went into university and um, I, I was fortunate enough to uh, win some scholarships and go study abroad. So I studied in the, the UK and the US. And in those spaces, there was a lot of culture shock. So suddenly becoming a minority, suddenly beginning to understand that, you know, the color of your skin is actually an issue <laughs> because here in Zambia, you know, we are the majority and it's just, it's, it's a non thing, you know? So really going into those dynamics and then also becoming undesirable. And that is in my formative years, right? So you become undesirable and then I got pregnant in my third year of university. And so then now you're dealing with, okay, I come from a Christian nation, Christian family, and there's all of those values packed on top of that. But now I have to deal with being a single parent and how do people perceive me? How are they going to treat me? So all of these things are just packing, packing, packing and loading on top of each other. I eventually did come back to Zambia. And when I came back, I was, um, eventually I was homeless with a child with no job, but I've got this degree and it's not doing anything for me. <laughs> 
So eventually I did work up to my first job and, you know, I studied uh, architectural studies and my first job, I was a receptionist and what that did for my confidence. It, it just really shattered everything. And like from all of that I've been explaining, all of these things are just piling up and it's just breaking down all of any confidence that I have in myself, any worth that I have, any self-value that I have in myself. There's nothing. It, I'm literally a shell of myself. And then find myself in a situation where I'm raped by two men, first robbed and then raped by two men. Then that was it. Like I said, this the story is, it's a soap opera. But after that particular incident, I ran away from the city that it happened and basically I was trying to run away from my life and I run into work. So I became um, uh, an office manager and then I burnt out. Then I became a hotel manager and I burnt out and really you know, I was literally working 24 seven at these jobs. People would tell me like, why do you work like this? This is your father's company. <laughs> and I burnt out. And I think the second time that I burnt out, I decided to take a bit of a break. And then everybody's looking at me, judging me like, oh, you're taking like, are you not like, when are you going back to work? And I'm like, um, okay, <laughs> let me try and find something like, yeah, find something, start working. Um, mind you, I had started the, my cake business at that time, but you know, having that side gig was still not enough for people to see you as a success. That said, so I find a job and then, um, it led me into the job I was in, in 2019, which again, it was a great job, but it just didn't give me fulfillment. It, I was I, I just felt empty. Why? Because I haven't actually dealt with all of the stuff that has been happening in the past. I hadn't actually acknowledged that these things happened to me, but they did not define me. Right. Yes. So, yeah. I, so when I wrote that blog, I was terrified. I was thinking about, oh my God, what are people going to say? They're going to judge me. You know, they're going to think this, I'll be canceled, all of this kind of stuff. And I wrote it, I clicked send, I closed my eyes, clicked the button and it published. And it, it, I mean, it has such a great response, but what it did for me was really helped me to, to have the courage to go on to do more. Because what I realized was that I was shrinking myself because I was afraid of being outed about different things that had happened in my life. But because I had outed myself first, <laughs> then it, yes. didn't really, it didn't really matter what anybody else said. And it kind of, it was like, like breaking shackles that I didn't even know that I had on me. And that was the first layer. The second layer um, that I, a piece that I wrote, which you can go check was really around money and writing out my money story, beginning to understand that, okay, you're actually a people pleaser. <laughs> you know, you have all this money, 
but and you don't even spend like I wasn't even spending the money necessarily on myself like you wouldn't go into my house and be like oh she's got all these designer shoes designer bags no I was literally just giving it all away like money comes in and then I have to like I just it just could not stay with me I had to give it away so really beginning to break down what is my money story Mm, what did mm, I see mm. as a child when I was growing up? What is the situation now? I had to now put together all my um, debt and really understand like, okay, this is how much it actually is. What is the plan going forward? Right? So um, the plan that I chose was a snowball effect, which is basically you start with the smallest um, the smallest debt that you have and then you go to the next one and the next one and you keep going that way. But being able to just face it and do the whole process, it is terrifying, guys. I <laughs> it's not like I did it in in I knew that I was I had to write this post, but it took me a while. It took me a moment to just say, okay, girl, sit down and write this thing. Like, mm. let's start pulling together. Okay, there was this amount. There's, okay, over here, over there. Okay, oh, wow. It's that amount. But sure. I think that's such an interesting story and narrative that you share. Because, you know, one of the things that I believe about finances, and you rightly put it, I believe that money, you know, many people are actually on the run, mm. right? And people use finances and money as a scapegoat to try and escape the reality of a life that they don't like. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the times people misdiagnose their money problems. So people will say things like, no, I like discipline. No, I'll, you know, maybe I need to try harder. Maybe I need to earn more money. But the problem is actually an underlying issue, which is more mental more limiting beliefs, more emotional issues. So some people don't have money problems. Some people have emotional issues. Yeah. And unless, unless people are willing to face themselves and say, you know what, this happened to me, but this is not me, it becomes very difficult to see how those emotional things are actually affecting your finances. I mean, when you speak about people pleasing, I was a people pleaser, right? Like sometimes I still need to be careful. I can overcommit. I can buy people things they didn't ask me for. Just the sight of somebody being in need is enough to trigger me. Right. But I had to own it. I had to look at it and say, listen, not every need is your assignment. Mm -hmm. Like not everything that happens around you is for you to fix. And I think, I think, I think you, you mentioned such important things about the importance of owning the story you know, just looking at ourselves in the mirror to say what actually happened to me that made me have this kind of relationship with money, right? So some people either become very materialistic, some people become very frugal and they become very stingy. Upbringings and poverty and all of that stuff has such an impact on people's minds. It's mentally destructive. Mm. I think that's what people don't ever speak about. It's the mental destruction and the emotional destruction that comes with lack and emotional issues and just being raised in a way that may be painful. But I want to ask you something else, Chulu. I think, and I, and I think you speak a lot about, you know, the different jobs that you held. And I think when you burnt out and you're like, Hey, cool, I'm not going to do this. 
what did that mean for you financially and how did you navigate that, right? Given the fact that there's load shedding as well in Zambia, how did you navigate that? Because I think there's many people who may be listening that sometimes are very frustrated with their jobs and they're kind of like, oh, maybe I should couldn't be an entrepreneur. How did you navigate that space? Okay, so technically I've burnt out three times, right? The thing with me is I'm not necessarily a person that uh, has a tolerance for staying in a toxic space, right? I'm not going to stay there um, regardless of whatever the situation is. (laughs) So the first two times, I won't even lie, I just said, I'm leaving I did not have a plan, Lilo. I just said, I cannot do this anymore. (laughs) I am leaving and I'm moving on. Okay. And yeah, I didn't have a plan there. But the third time when I wrote that blog, I really was now thinking about, okay, what is my exit plan? Because I knew that space, that um, particular office wasn't where I wanted to be in the long term. And I was thinking about an exit plan that was most likely going to be uh, maybe the next two years. It actually ended up being about, yeah, let's say a year. But I, I then began to think more strategically. So then, you know, I had a conversation with my mom. And I think at this point, my family is just like, yeah, this girl's going to do whatever she wants. <laughs> my mom says, oh, yeah, no, we've been here. We'll get through this. What I decided to start looking at was, okay, what decisions do I need to make to make sure that I become lean with my finances? So I want to start saving. So I saved up my emergency fund. And then I also joined a cooperative twice a year. It gives me dividends as well. So that for me was a very good way for saving because then I didn't have easy access to the funds. And that was one of the easy ways that I could save. And then I had to start making difficult decisions about lifestyle because my son was at a particular school. We have to pay in dollars, right? We tried to have conversations with them. And I mean, at that time, like the dollar was going crazy in Zambia, right? You know, we started off probably the year with the dollar being valued at probably, I think it was, I think maybe 13 kwacha to a dollar. And then by the end of the year, it was almost 20 something, 20 something kwacha to the dollar. So can you imagine if you're not making money in dollars, At the time I was, but I was thinking long-term, right? Is this going to be sustainable if I'm not going to be in this environment? So then I had to start making a decision about, okay, I need to see where are the alternative options of where I can take my son that is still, you know, same quality, but it's, it can be manageable. So we found another school, which was the, the fees are in Kwacha. And we transitioned him out of the school that he was, he was in. Um, So, you know, thinking about things like that for lifestyle. And then when it came to housing, the fortunate thing for me is that there's a, well, and it's also one of the reasons why I decided to leave. We have a family home and it was basically not being lived in. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, If something is not lived in, it kind of just breaks down. So I thought, okay, fine. At least we have a roof over our head. I'm not going to be paying rent. I'm not going to be worrying about rent and things like that. So, you know, just really thinking through what are my expenses? What 
um, can I maintain and how do I prepare for this pending moment that's going to happen in my life, right? So I think those those are some of the things that I did. On the third one, the first two, next. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think, I think there's many people who say, I think recently in a book club, reading the book called Kura mm. by John Acuff, and somebody got up and said, look, I think it's a bit too late for this book because I already quit it many times <laughs> without a plan. <laughs> so <laughs> when you say it like that, I'm like, yeah. So I think, I think that that has happened before, but I love what you've just said about the importance of an exit plan, right? And, you know, the and and the importance of thinking strategically because i think i think sometimes people miss like just underestimate what it takes to be an entrepreneur mm. and you know running a startup and and just putting things together you know as as i'm referring to john acuff's book he also mentions how sometimes when we kill the 9 to 5 too soon we also end up killing the dream Mm. Because sometimes you need the nine to five to fund the dream. Yes. So when you quit is very important, but I just love how, you know, that third time you actually looked at having an exit plan and having a strategy and preparation. And I think you made some bold decisions, you know, I think, and I think the things that you mentioned, even about downsizing and like making some lifestyle choices, which is sometimes difficult that can help anybody that wants to get better financially in any way. It's not just about them quitting a job. If somebody wants to get out of debt, if somebody wants to do better or start a business or whatever, sometimes people just have to look at their lives and be like, what am I willing to sacrifice now mm. so that I can have better tomorrow? But, you know, Chulo, I think something you don't mention, and I didn't mention in, 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 in your in your bio when I introduced you, is that you are quite an entrepreneur. Hey, like, I think we, I think we brushed over that. Like you're like, no, yeah, CEO of Africana. I'm like, listen, this girl has multiple, multiple streams of income. And I'm just wondering, you know, what did it take for you to become this woman with multiple streams of income? Like, how did you do it? That's such an interesting question. I think it's one of those things where, you know, it cannot happen at one time. You know, everything kind of layers upon each other. So, for example, when I mentioned earlier, I think after my second uh, burnout, I had, or well, first burnout, I had started a, uh, a cake business. Before that, it was actually um, a, a fashion design company. And then I decided to go in partnership with my mom and start a wedding uh, cake business. And then we eventually um, made it into a wedding cake um, business. And it's one of those things where, okay, you have the skill. And a lot of the things that I was learning during the process of doing that particular, I guess, startup, (laughs) I then was able to apply to other things that I do right now. And um, even when I, I, um, I worked as an office manager, I was working for a startup company. So I basically set up everything, all the systems, all the, all the statutory obligations, everything. I was, I was the accountant, the HR, everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was doing it all. 
And in the moment, you know, some of the things that we go through, we think that it's it's horrifying. But when you actually come to that space where you begin to understand the things that you feel on fire to do, you'll understand that all those things were leading you to where you should be right now, right? So when I did... Uh, eventually separate from the company, I came back to our family home. And my mother, bless her, she has green fingers. So she's got this beautiful garden. And I mean, for a long time, we've been known as the cake people, the cake ladies. And then I had to start working on rebranding. And I shifted from baking and um, moved into um, events. So it's an events hire space. So it took me a good three months of the year, the beginning of this year, to really just work on the rebranding and the messaging and, you know, doing different events and getting people used to the idea that, oh, okay, let's start thinking about, you know, this brand called Komushi as an event space. So that that particular project i was focused on that and that meant that other things that i usually do had to be on the side for a little bit and but what i believe is that you know as you do things you come up with systems and eventually you have to plan for how you are able to come out of that particular business right? So you're training people, you're making sure that they're able to do the things that you have trained them to do at the standard that you have set. So, you know, I'm setting up, um, so there's the events hire space, but then at the same time, whilst as you, like you mentioned earlier, you know, your, um, I guess your nine to five can be your first investor in your business. So whilst I was still in my nine to five, I had started Africana Woman and it really was, you know, feeding into the whole business and just helping me to develop that. I think I'm one of those people that's an avid learner. Um, I'm always learning. I love to study businesses. I love to study the plan, <laughs> the like, you know, how it's structured. Because I, you know, I think when people see something, they'll be like, oh, that's a, a you know, I don't know, maybe they're selling plants. And they'll be like, oh, that's a pretty business. They sell plants. I'll be like, oh, so they've got two gardeners. And then this one does it. Like, I want to know everything behind it. <laughs> I'm that kind of person. So I've just been, I guess, picking up different skills. In, when I was thinking about my exit plan, I really had to break down what is the lifestyle that I want to have, right? What are the things that I value? What are the things that are important to me? And what, like where, what gives me joy to do that it feels like, even if I'm doing it, it's not necessarily work. And one of the things that I came to understand is that I want to be a digital nomad. <laughs> so that in itself means that I cannot be attached to things. So for example, when I said I'm closing down my cake business, the whole world lost its mind. And I'm like, guys, you need to calm down. It's not like I can carry pots and, you know, pans and all of these things. Like I can't carry them if I'm going to travel to Kenya, to wherever, like I can't. <laughs> 
I'm just saying this so you understand that what you know to be true for you does not always apply to other people. And they, they, there can be a lot of resistance and it can make you back down, right? So yeah, this is just an example. So I really had to understand that, okay, I am working towards becoming a digital nomad. So what are the things that I can do where no matter where I am, I can still do business, right? So if it's coaching, if it's, um, you know, mentoring, um, community management, all of these kinds of things, I can do those things remotely. And I don't necessarily have to be tied to an office, tied to a space. So, I mean, one of the things that bothered me about the, the baking was that, and you know, it's a wedding, so you, <laughs> you have to be there on a particular weekend to deliver a cake to somebody. And I'm like, but what if I wanted to go, I don't know, <laughs> to a lake or whatever <laughs> on that particular weekend? Like, this is not working for me. So, you know, really understanding yourself and understanding what are the things that I value and then how can I create a life around the lifestyle that I'm trying to build? I hope that answers your question. It does. And I think it answers it in such a personal way because I think what it speaks to is firstly, not limiting yourself and not allowing others to limit you as well. Because people are very good at putting their preferences on other people. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we can give up on our own dreams or our own method of doing something because somebody else doesn't think that's the right way to do it. But nonetheless, I think you've, you've achieved such a great feat. Like, you know, like to, to be able to transition from the nine to five and to run the multiple businesses that you run. I think it's also for me a testament to working with what you have, mm. you know, and using that to get what you want. So when you speak about, you know, leveraging off of the fact that your mom has got this nice green place and then starting that and making it like, you know, like an events place. It's like, oh, okay, cool. I actually am going to work with what I have, yeah. even if it means I have to tweak it just a little bit. And I think, I think sometimes when we want to create businesses and we want to create multiple streams of income, I think it's important to, to focus on what we do have. Like I've got this one guy I listened to and he likes saying, no slice of bread is ever one-sided. So you'll always look at one side of like, oh, this is bad. But he says equally, you should be able to look at the good side of things. So sometimes what I'm trying to say is it's important to look at what we do have and say, how can I use what I do have mm. to get what I want? Um, and I see you model that so well. But last question for you, Chulu, are you happy? You know, now that you've made the decisions you've made and the moves that you've made, are you happy? Because I think I think sometimes we can pursue certain things because we think they're going to make us happy. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious to know, are you happy with the decisions you've made and what they've led to this, you know, over and above the financial? Yeah. Like if you could see me, you'd see that I have such a big smile on my face. Like <laughs> I am so happy. <laughs> I can't even lie. Oh my goodness. You know, it hasn't been, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to say this. It has not been an easy journey. There have been ups, there have been downs. There have been, you know, moments when I am not fluid um, with cash. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, back then, 
you know, this might have been sorted out faster. And, you know, also just having, where, where you are always dependent that you're relying on that check at the on the 30th or whatever your date is, you know, and, and, and that security in it. But above and beyond, I feel at peace and I feel free because I can literally make decisions like, um, you know, if I see that there's an event um, that I want to go to, to go and network, to go and learn, but, oh dear, it's it's being held on like a Friday or a Thursday at 10 a.m. I don't have to start worrying about, oh no, let me get my leave. No, I just have to miss this one. Oh, shucks. <laughs> I can just get up and go. <laughs> for that particular event you know there's just this amount of freedom that I love and for me I absolutely love nature so to be able to be in this environment and just soaking it all up is is, it, it gives me peace of mind one of my core values is peace and if something is not giving me peace, it's being cut out, like cut out from my life, you know. I remember doing this a meditation and the meditation said something like at the beginning, imagine you are in a, a green garden with lots of trees. And I'm thinking, I don't have to imagine. <laughs> I am in the green garden. It's so beautiful. I mean, this year has been absolutely phenomenal. Oh my word, my podcast won it won an award. And I feel like because you're 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 holding on to something, I'm gonna go a bit spiritual here. You know, there are times that we hold on to things so tight, but God wants to give you something else, but he needs you to open your hand and let go so that there's space. Like make space for more. Let it go. It's okay to release some things. If it's really meant First. for you, will put it back. But there are times that you will think that, oh my God, this thing that I'm letting go is like, I really need it. But God knows First. that there's something bigger and better for you. Oh my gosh. Like this year has been it's it's blown my mind in so many ways. So for example, I think at the beginning of the year, my podcast was uh, endorsed by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation as being one of the best podcasts in Africa. And then later on in the year, we win Best Society and um, Culture Podcast. We reached 100 episodes. Um, you know, the community is growing, the Africana Woman community. I did my first retreat. You guys, this business, me, okay, do you know, I think the thing that was stressing me was asking for leave. Ah, it stressed me. So I got up and just went on a retreat and I ran my first retreat in Siavonga. Like, ah, I'm happy, girl. <laughs> can you tell? <laughs> girl, I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. You you just light up at that question. And I think I think that's encouraging, firstly, for anybody that sees themselves transitioning from a day job, you know, mm -hmm. and it's not to look down on the day job. It's no, just to say that sometimes not everybody finds the joy in getting up every morning and doing a nine to five. And it's beautiful to witness somebody who says, listen, it wasn't always easy. I had to make adjustments in the beginning, but look at me now, you know, look at me now. And I think you know, you've, you've done such amazing things. You're 
you're so versatile. That's something I really appreciate about you. Innovative, versatile in the way that you do things and the way that you're willing to experiment with different things. I think, I think it's an inspiration. I think anybody that listens to this episode will be able to listen and say, look, um, I actually don't have to be so afraid. It might not be easy to make the change if I want to, mm. but it surely does work if you work it. Right. So I'm so thankful that you would come and have this conversation with me today. I've gained a lot. Um, you know, you dropped so many gems about, you know, just the power of owning your story and just going back to just look at everything that has happened and how it's affecting your money story. I thought that was really, really strong, but Chulu, where do people find you on social media? My playground is Instagram, so you guys can look for Chulu underscore by design or Africana woman. Either of the two will open you up to my world. Awesome. Because, guys, honestly, like, you will get so much from being in Chulu's community. I mean, all the blog posts she mentions, I read them, and I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, oh, my word. Chulu is an amazing writer. So I think you definitely should sign up to her blog, sign up, be a member of, of what she's doing because it's definitely going to be life changing for you and for those that are around you. So I think for us, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for coming Chulu. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. I've enjoyed myself. I knew it was going to be good. <laughs> I love talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you have it. Chulu has dropped many, many, many gems for us to think and to ponder upon. If you're looking to transition from your nine to five job, you definitely have marching orders today. Don't just leave. Come up with an exit plan. Do it strategically because that journey is not easy, but it is worthwhile. Also look at things like owning your own story Sometimes we're misdiagnosing our financial problems. We're calling ourselves ill-disciplined when really we're just people that are hurting and are using money as an escape goat. So guys, I hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode. I hope that it blesses you. And I just hope that you guys will just, you know, just grow and, and, and just make sure that your lives are getting better financially week by week as you tune into this podcast. So go ahead and follow us on social media at wisdomforwealth underscore. Um, and you'll be able to find all my details on the show notes for this podcast. From me, your host, Lelo Mashatile, thank you for joining me. See you next week. Bye-bye.